Blog Talk Radio. The subject of this discourse is I meet no one but me. The very statement is interesting. I meet no one but me. What kind of statement is that? It came to me in my meditations. It's a very mystic statement, and yet, as we shall see in this lesson, it will have many practical ramifications and applications. And as a subtitle to this subject, I meet no one but me, I'm using how to control people and conditions in your life. Those people who may be puzzled by the first statement, I meet no one but me, will probably be more interested in how to control people and conditions. Let's begin with the realization the people and conditions in my life are such as they are because I am such as I am. It's a sort of a bitter pill to take that verse of scripture in the book of Revelation where it says the angel said to John take this little book and eat it it will make your mouth bitter but your belly sweet as honey or the other way around I think it's the other way around but nevertheless this is a bitter pill to take the idea that the people and conditions in my life are such as they are because I am such as I am. Because some of these SOBs, you're thinking, could not possibly have anything to do with the way that I am. Well, you're going to be surprised. As I say, this may be a bitter pill to swallow, but it will make your belly or your circumstances sweeter when you understand the mystic reasoning behind this. Now let's stop again and turn this thing over in our minds. I want you to read this realization with me again. Together, the people and conditions in my life are such as they are because I am such as I am. Oh, boy, I hear your reasoning mind racing. Saying, oh, ho, ho, no. Oh, ho, 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 yes. In everyone I meet, some aspect of myself. In everyone, I meet some aspect of myself some aspect of my subconscious self-image. In everyone I meet some aspect of my subconscious self-identity, my subconscious self-feeling. In everyone his face I see. In everyone I see some aspect of the face of my subconscious self-image. Here is the statement that will set you back on your heels. Everyone is me 
though sometimes unrecognized and disliked. Now, I know some of you are pretty holy and that you love everybody. And yes, I do love everybody. But honest to God, some people have some ways that I don't like. What was this folk hero who said, I never met a man I didn't like? Will Rogers. Good for him. <laughs> I'm here to confess that some people have some ways that I don't like. But at the same time, I must realize that everyone is me, though sometimes unrecognized and disliked to experience anyone or anything outside of myself except those which correspond to something within myself. Every SOB I meet is an outward reflection of something within myself that I need to deal with. Let me hear you say, wow. <laughs> now this will set you reeling for a while. I am you under the guise of me. <laughs> and you are me under the guise of you. Man, know thyself, says Socrates. How important this is. But you see, this is the whole thing because man does not know his inner self, he does not recognize his outer self when he sees it. And when man really comes to know his inner self correctly, then he will recognize his outer self in all of its various guises and dis guises. <laughs> that SOB is you in a disguise. All of the people in your world are expressions of something within your subconscious mentality. I meet no one but me. And this is what Jesus was talking about, certainly in part, when he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You see, because everyone is me under the, under the guise of someone else, this gives me a handle. If I don't like the way that I meet you or you meet me, then what I must do then is change me. <laughs> Remember that every time someone or something 
outside of you needs changing, you go to yourself and make the change where? Within yourself. If you're driving along in your automobile and your automobile wanders off to the wrong side of the road or toward the ditch, do you jump out of your car and grab the car by the tires to try to turn it in the right direction? No, what do you do? You deal with the steering wheel that's where? On the inside. This is pure mystic science. This is pure esoteric science here. And I want to be redundant of, about this analogy of steering an automobile, correcting the direction of an automobile. If an automobile again veers in the wrong direction, you do not correct it by getting outside, pulling at the tires. You correct the direction of that automobile from where? From the steering wheel where? Within. From this moment on, you should deal with all outer people and all outer things and conditions in your life from where? From within. I've got news for you too. I'm going to lay this on you. You ready? This is heavy. You know, even the people and things that seem to be outside of you, they're really not that there are things outside of you is only an illusion. I like to lay this on you every once in a while. For example, you're not in this room. This room is in you. <laughs> that you are in this room is an illusion. That that SOB is on the outside of you is someone else is an illusion. That SOB is within you. And if you want to control the people and the things in your life, you don't meddle them. You go to yourself and change yourself. Every person in my life is an incarnation of some aspect of my mentality. Repeat after me. Every person in my life is an incarnation of some facet of my mentality. There's a verse of Scripture in St. John in the first chapter where it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The theologians never figured it all out. They limited that to the person Jesus. But every person has and is his subconscious word. While I deal on this for a moment, write a question in your notes to yourself. What is my subconscious word? In other words, what do I think? What do I 
say? What do I feel about myself within myself? What you think, what you believe, what you feel about yourself deep within yourself is your word about yourself. Another way of saying your subconscious self-image. And your word, your subconscious self-image, your subconscious self-concept is always being made flesh. Not only as your physical flesh, but as the flesh of the other people in your life. Now I'm going to get real way out for a moment uh, beyond the boundaries of orthodox Christian doctrine. It is even said, and frankly this much I believe, that when you were born, it was no accident that you were born to the parents that you were born to. Frankly, nothing in the cosmic order is an accident. Not even an accident is an accident. <laughs> Everything happens in the universe, in the cosmos, according to what? Law. Now, I know some of us, if we personally had had the conscious option of shopping for parents, we may have chosen differently. A lot of people would have. But believe it or not, the parents to whom you were born, your soul was drawn to them and through them by a spiritual mental affinity. Mm -hmm. All of the people in your life are drawn into your life and incarnate into your life by means of a spiritual mental affinity. Even the people that are in your life that you don't seem to have anything in common with, you see, that's yourself unrecognized. That's you in disguise. Even the people that you see as you walk down the street that you never saw before and never will see again or maybe wish you never saw. It's not by accident. It's all by means of a spiritual mental affinity. I'm going to say something that I read somewhere, and it's interesting. I read something to the effect that everyone you meet is as you are, were, or will be. This is why, to get back to one of the subjects that we taught about right judgment, you have to be careful how you judge people, you see. This is why, whenever you judge someone else, you're always judging yourself. What did the Master Jesus say? For with whatsoever judgment you meet, it shall be meted out to you again. You're going to be judged with whatever judgment you judge. And again, what did the Master Jesus say? The Master Jesus said, Every idle word that a man shall speak, he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Uh, here again, the theologians just missed that. They never caught that. They don't know what that means. The day of judgment is any point in time and space 
when your thoughts become things. That's the day of judgment. And if you pass someone on the street that appears to be a vagrant, don't you ever forget that that's you in disguise. That's why you had better not judge him as a bum. Because if you judge that person as a bum, you are going to meet that judgment some way, somehow, in you, through you, and in your circumstance. Some of this stuff that I'm telling you now, the mystics knew thousands of years ago, and they would not tell it to the general public. They kept these secrets locked in the pyramids of Egypt. And here again, I'm risking rank heresy and a great departure from Orthodox Christian doctrine by telling you, and even the Bible tells you, even Jesus studied in Egypt. But the mystic schools never permitted the general populace to be taught what I've been teaching you for just the past few minutes. This kind of thing was reserved for the philosophers and the students of esoteric science. And one of the reasons this... All right, everybody doing tonight. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Bronze Bay Show. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Great Monday. Started the work week. Um, well, I had a beautiful weekend. I worked well. That I could, like last week it rained all week, but this week I worked pretty good. Well, at the end of the week, a couple of days at the end of the week, Friday, Saturday. Um, it was pretty good. But uh, I woke up this morning. My brother called me early this morning around 5.30, telling me that my cousin passed away. All of a sudden, like, she was young, man, like 45. Um, and she got a younger sister that's probably maybe three years, three or four years younger than she is. And crazy, she got a son that's around 11. And um, from what I understand, my uncle said she called him last night and said she was having breathing problems. And I guess by the time he told her to call the ambulance, by the time the ambulance got there, she was already passed away. She was gone. So it's kind of crazy, but I understand. I do and I don't, but, you know, a lot of people don't. It's crazy. I just, you know, just wanted to share that with y'all. And um, also, um, about the announcements, I'm going to make some announcements about some shows. Um, our King show come on tomorrow, with Truth Tuesday show. Then on Wednesday, we got um, Raising Independent Thinkers. Um, Thursday, the Divine Connection show. And on Friday, we have our King Jr., Friday or Saturday. Sometime he's on. And uh, like our King says, man, listen to these shows, man, and, you know, we got some powerful information. And I would also like to start on my show by thanking our King for inspiring me, man. He, he um, Sometimes I don't know how he do it, the information he come up with, not what he uh, but like he said, he was he was talking about, um, I don't know if y'all checked his, out his YouTube, the latest YouTube video he did about the um, alignment of the of the planets, the solar, some the winter solar solstice. Um, but I've been feeling funny, really. I've just been feeling like there's something missing. So for the last several nights, I just I've just been going to sleep already, right? Waking up to it in the morning. Um, hoping he'll give me a different frame of mind, you know, and really make me look inside myself to figure out what it is that I feel like I'm missing. I'm eager to find it out. It's crazy. Um, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I feel like that. Yeah, and, you know, it's just like a weird feeling. Um, 
Yeah, but I listen to that Reverend Ike, and it, it always get me through. And, um, yeah. But um, I really ain't had nothing to talk about tonight. I do. I do. But I, I don't. But at the end of the day, I was just going through some of my paperwork, trying to really figure out something to talk about, to educate, uh, educate the newbies. Um, and when I look at it, I got a whole, I got a, like a, a, one of those three, three binder, um, um, notebooks full of paperwork. Kind of, I feel like, I don't know, I, but I guess if I got that much, I could just imagine how much I came got, you know, searching and, and, and doing all that, I mean, following certain people and, um, you know, just going through the rigmarole of it. But at the end of the day. I mean, I kind of sometimes look at it and be like, hey, I got a whole lot of paperwork. I was like, I don't know what that means. But at the end of the day, it's like now with the new information, it's like it's all useless. It's all useless to me, but it really wasn't because the experiences that I got, just, you know, searching for the information and, and you know, making my – the main thing about the information for me was – getting the understanding of certain things like public and private and just, um, you know, the whole slavery ordeal, many kind of like everything, because really what I was taught coming up really didn't equate to any of this stuff at all. I I grew up in the Baptist church. So, you know, but it's kind of crazy that I can say that, but I always had a feeling about it. Like it wasn't right. I never really, you know, got into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was just my conscience inside me telling me that wasn't right for me. And really, like, I I never, never got into it. It's like, I, I, I ended up, um, I got locked up in 09, 08. And when I went to the county, I stayed in there for like a month. Um, I, I met a guy, and he was, he was um, more studying more science, you know, the information they get. But at the end of the day, he was studying more science. And I stayed in there with him for a while, and it it sparked my interest. So when I end up when I ended up going to prison, I went to prison for three years. After that, like I got out, stayed out for like three months. I went to prison. Okay, in '09. Okay, but when I went to prison, I started studying. You know, more science temple. They got it. They got this in there. But the only thing that I could say bad about that is the prison thing is it's lack of information. You know, because I figure like this now, I'm like, hey, if you really got the real information, you ain't going to never go to prison anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? I can understand why they don't get the information that we get out here. We got the freedom to get it. But at the end of the day, that's what really started on me, started me on my voyage and studying it. But in prison, we learned about Noble Drew Ali, which was good, you know, the one-on-ones. It kind of disciplined me for, you know, it was kind of a big camp, so it was a lot of moors. So, you know, if you be on the yard somewhere, I might, you know, one of my ass might walk up to you and make you recite the one on ones or the, or whatever else we had um, at the time. But uh, it was a good disciplinary period for me. But when I got out, my cousin, which is from New Jersey, he put me on the name that shouldn't be the name we're gonna, not gonna say. He put me on him. But this is what he told me. He's like, yo, it's a guy that be with him. He's from North Carolina. He's right, he right here. 
So after that, I started listening for a while. I guess I probably listened for a year or two or something, maybe before, before I really actually um, went to a seminar or anything. But I remember maybe, like, I went to Charlotte first. I don't know if it was Charlotte or Atlanta and uh, for a seminar. And it seemed like, I don't know, yeah, I can't, we hit it off right off the bat. And then, like, the next couple of seminars, I was going through my changes, so, and he was right here to help me, so, and, and like, he didn't hesitate to, you know, give me all the information that I needed and to be able to talk to you guys today. And I was just like, the, you know, um, thank him for that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate that and and all the uh, all the stuff he's bringing now. It's greatly appreciated, especially by me because he got me thinking. He be having me thinking so bad. He's like an uh, inspiration to me. And yeah, cool brother, cool brother, definitely good vibes. But also, yeah, I was just like I said, I was looking up all that paperwork I got, and I was like, man, I got a lot of stuff. I don't know what to do with it. Just keep it and look at it. Or sometimes I think about burning it. Cause I got so much, I got so many documents, so many um, the old stuff we was doing. Um, I got GPS, I got the um, the bonds, I got um, man, listen, you name it. Oh, I got it. But like I said, it's a good experience though, because I go back and look at it sometime and read over something, and, you know, find some new information. You know what I'm saying? Just helpful for me. Yeah, at least calm my nerves. But I mean. It's here for you guys. All you got to do is want it. You know what I'm saying? I just I like something that um um Reverend Ike just said in that in that, that clip I played. He said it's um it's a it's a um imagination. He said you're not inside the room. The room is inside of you. And it really, it makes a lot of sense because the world is really inside of everybody. I guess it's just a reflection of it that everybody sees when they look outward. He says some of the people that you see are inside of you. Even the people you don't want to see or you never want to see again. That really make a lot of sense. So they really keep you keep you uh, if you really think about that, it keep you thinking like, you know, you gotta better yourself, you know, in order to if you better yourself then you'll see better things. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess it's like I can't say if you don't um, involve yourself in it or get caught up in it, then it won't affect you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like if somebody—it's hard for somebody, for everybody in the world not to know about Corona. But if it, it's maybe some monks or something who probably live in somewhere who don't got no um, electricity and all that, and they don't know nothing about the, the Corona, so it's not affecting them. It's affecting us out here because they give it to us every day. It got to have some effect on it if you. If you're not mindful, if you don't got a strong mind, I guess anything will affect you. If you let it, if you just think about it hard enough or long enough. But if you got this, that power, that strength in yourself, and everybody got that power, it's just about bringing it out. Because in the Bible it says, just the belief of a mustard seed. And a mustard seed real small, guys. But I can see where. Like I tell my friends, I said, listen, everybody want, everybody can say they want something big, or I mean, a big house or a big car. A uh, nice Bentley or a uh, Corvette or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you don't really believe, if you can't never really see yourself with it, then 
I really, I, I know for a fact it is never going to happen. It's just like I've been in a relationship, and really I never could see myself being happy or, you know, a, a, a lifetime commitment. And it's kind of crazy that you put you put yourself in a situation, you kind of force yourself to be somewhere, and you really, you already know that it ain't going to be, you know, no longevity thing, but you still, you know, go through it, whatever. But I guess it's just living and learning yourself and learning who you are and, you know, and also being able to, you know, uh, grow up and, and see things different. I mean, becoming a man, getting the knowledge. Okay. Yeah, but like I said, it's been, I know it's going to be a crazy next couple of days with my cousin passing and everything, so I don't know. We're just going to see how how things go with that. But um I did have some information. I I did my I did my um name change. They shot me down saying because I got a crazy record they shot me down because of that. But I gave them a I hit them with a beautiful appeal though. With some of the with that information I can gave up about how he got his and the um and the um And the um, traditional name and all of this stuff, and being using my spiritual, my spirituality as my reason to get it done. I really think it's gonna have a good effect on them. Once they, you know, I go back to a hearing or whatever they call me for a hearing. And uh, I don't know how soon this gonna be with this corona stuff going on because I was looking right now they're gonna shut everything back down. So, but they're still talking about people, kids going back to school. So I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. On one end, they talking about shutting it down. Cause I, I one of my, my one of my um kids' mother, she works for the state, and she said she told me they're going to shut everything that back down. But I'm I'm seeing that they're steady sending the kids back to school. Well, just the younger kids, from one to three or something. Age, I mean, grade one to three, um, part time back to school. But also they're they're saying this um um. For Thanksgiving or whatever they say, if, if you're gonna have a, because uh, a girl, I talked to one of my friends today, and she said the, the school emailed her and said, if you're gonna have a, if you, your kid is gonna be around more than ten people at the um during the Thanksgiving holidays or whatever, that um you don't have to send them back to school because they need to quarantine for ten days or whatever, so they could do the virtual learning online stuff. Um, it's crazy. I don't think the things gonna never go back to normal. I mean, it might as far as how things supposed to go, but the people are so, so right now in or disarray that I, I don't think they're never gonna be back the same. I think it's gonna be like back in the days. You might want to see some somebody from China or some Jap, some Japanese or Chinese people or something. They walking around with a mask on, but it's gonna be an everyday norm for us around here for the people. And you know, certain places you gotta go, you gotta put a mask on. I really hate it. I don't. I. I don't argue with so many people about a mask that, but, you know, certain places, I just don't want to go through it. I just put it on and go do what I got to do and get out of there because I'd be having to go to a lot of places, you know, just to get supplies and stuff for my truck. But at the end of the day, it's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah. Um, what else can I, what else I got to say about that? 
Yeah, but like I said, man, I was looking through this paperwork and <laughs> I don't see nothing that I could really get down on. I'm getting, I'm getting bucked down on my studies. Come up with some new stuff. But not new, but, you know, something um, that's sufficient. I mean, I got some. Um, I, I was I was looking through some stuff. I seen something. Um, this Trinsley versus Figueroa. It was crazy. Statements of counsel and brief argument are not sufficient for summary judgment. But I guess that still work. It'll work if you hit them with it. Because um, as far as I go, when I went to court too, I didn't like I can say I didn't do a lot of talking. I just gave my paperwork. And but at the end of the day, with me, I, um, I was reading. I was uh, actually watching something or video. I was reading something, and it was about. Um, it was talking about consent that the government is really is sit up on consent. <clears throat> and if you don't never consent, then there's really nothing they can do. And I never consented to anything. I, I always say no. I, I just not. I didn't do anything. I didn't. You know, they wanted me to take a plea. That's what they kept saying. Can I take a plea? I was like, no, nah, can't do that. I want to try out by jury. And you know, they haven't. I mean, I haven't never heard heard anything back about that. And when they do come, I ain't even worried about it no more. That proper name. It's uh, ice ice on the cake. Um. Yeah, man. But I mean, like I said, man. Um. Uh, Kenny, man, he a blessing, man. He probably changed my life, man, with this this knowledge. My only wish is I could just get to the point, just halfway where he at. You know what I'm saying? So I could give it to y'all like he give it to y'all. And give y'all some true knowledge and understanding. But, you know, I can only give you what I got right now. But I'm digging, reaching out for more trying to come with the gospel. But um play another clip. I'm gonna to talk to you today from the subject, a technique that does the trick. And remind you also that I don't let my subject interfere with what I have to say. A bit of definition for a moment. Let's define the word technique. Technique a method of accomplishing a desired aim. A method of accomplishing a practical purpose. Technique, a method of accomplishing a practical purpose. So today I'm going to talk about a method and methods of achieving and maintaining health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money. And, of course, we're always talking about this because the science of living, as we call it, is a technology of living. And we're constantly giving you practical ways and means of accomplishing your good aims. I want to share with you this subject from a success idea by the same name, a technique that does the trick. And I want to talk about the success idea for just a moment. Everything in your life comes from the ideas in your mind. And you're never going to get any further in life than the ideas in your mind. And each month I publish what I call a spoonful of positive ideas for you to feed to your mind, to nourish it, 
so that it will be strong in achieving the purpose that you desire. A success idea can take anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to read. But when you take this extra time each day to read and to study and to contemplate, upon a powerful idea, it will make a difference in your life. Because again, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In this success idea, a technique that does the trick, I refer to a very interesting technique used by a very rich and successful man, the way he begins his day. I didn't name him in the success idea, but I'll tell you who he is now. It's W. Clement Stone, and he uses the term PMA, positive mental attitude. And it is said that he begins his day every day by saying, I feel good, I feel great, I feel terrific. And I'm sure that if some purely intellectual people were to hear a grown man, a business executive, a multimillionaire going around shouting, I feel great, I feel good, I feel terrific, they'd probably say, well, you know, maybe we'd better commit him. He's old and senile. But more than that, for years, Mr. Stone, in his organizational meetings and salesmen's meetings, he would teach his sales staff and his organizational people to sing that old Sunday school song, I feel the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. And all of this which I'm explaining is the technique by which one pumps up his feelings. And may I say to you that you should make it a practice every day and especially in the mornings to pump up your feelings. Whatever you can do to lift up your feeling nature will lift up your entire experience of life. I want to repeat it again. Whatever you can do to lift up your feeling nature will lift up your entire experience of life. If listening to a particular piece of music makes you feel better, that too is a spiritual mental technique. So many times, you know, people divide between the so-called spiritual and the secular without really understanding the mind science behind things. And may I say to you, whatever is good and right, and it does not hurt you, and it does not harm anyone else, but it helps you to lift up your feeling nature, that is a good spiritual technique. Wherever people get together and rejoice, that's good. That's a good spiritual mental technique for lifting up your feelings. And of course, this is really the meaning in the Bible where Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. You see, the serpent crawls on its belly, and the belly represents the feeling nature. And you should not go through life crawling on your belly. In other words, with your feelings low. Feeling low. And you remember, for the healing of the people, Moses was instructed to make a brazen serpent and hold it up. And everyone who would look up would be healed and would live. Again, as I said, it really means that we're not to go through life crawling in our feeling nature, but we are rather to lift up our feeling nature, to lift up our hearts, to lift up our minds, to lift up our emotions. And we are to do those things which do not harm us and which do not harm anybody else which help to lift up our feeling nature. You've got to learn how to be high on happiness. Their wonderful television minister in this area preached a sermon, I believe, once on television. That was the title of it, How to Be High on Happiness Every Day. So every day you should ride a mighty high. You should lift up the serpent. Lift up your feelings. 
Again, that beautiful psalm bespeaks this when it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And whatever makes you feel low, like a serpent crawling on its belly, you should leave it alone and lift up your feelings. You should not even go back into your past and think upon those bad experiences in the past that make you feel low. Stop thinking about that dirty deal that that SOB did you last year. It makes you feel low. Be careful how you read that newspaper. For God's sake, don't listen to that news before you go to sleep. That 11 o'clock news will give you a lethal dose of bad vibrations. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should live. Again, to define the technique that I'm talking about, it's a technique of lifting up your feelings. You know, I told you that life meets you like you meet life. You see, and you should meet life with a feeling of joy, a feeling of happiness, a feeling of the expectation of good. You know, some of you are like Brother Job. Sometimes in preaching on Job, the fundamentalist minister would use the subject, why do the righteous suffer? In other words, that's what they're trying to find. Why do good people suffer? And as I've told you, and it bears repeating here, you can be morally straight, but mentally crooked, and you'll suffer. You can be morally and ethically straight and correct. But if you do not know how to positively relate to your emotions, the processes of your mind, you will suffer. And this is what happened to Job. I wonder what happened to him too. <laughs> and then I listened to him. As I told you, when people talk to me now about whatever the problem is, this is why I don't talk to, I don't have long sessions talking to people about their problems anymore. In the first place, within the first few seconds, I can tell what, why they're having those problems. And one of the reasons they're having those problems is because they think about them and talk about them. And when you think about your problem all the time and talk about it all the time, this feeds it. It gets bigger and eats you up. I listen to Job. And I heard him say, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So that's what got Job, the thing. So he didn't even know what the hell it was. <laughs> Just like some of you, you don't know why the hell you feel so bad. But you're going around crawling on your belly, feelings dragging in the dirt. Go to the psychiatrist for 10 years and pay him umpteen thousand dollars. He still doesn't know. And these psychiatrists, they have to find some techniques also, you know, to throw off that stuff you put on them. I can tell you a little about this. It's been, it's been my pleasure to share with the psychiatrists at Harvard Medical School, Department of Psychiatry in Boston. One of my friends, a psychiatrist, told me that at their last convention, the psychiatrist drank more liquor than any convention in the history of that hotel. 
I won't tell you what city and what hotel. Now, that technique is not a technique that works. That's not the one that I'm talking about. That's not the technique that I'm recommending to you today. You should not have to depend upon alcohol and drugs to get your mighty high. Because when you do depend upon these things to get your mighty high, you haven't found the real thing yet. Because when you really find the real thing, the presence, the power of God within you, that is the highest high. Job said, the thing I greatly fear has come upon me. Why are some people so fearful? Why are they feeling dragging the ground? Some of them don't know. It's just a thing. Why do you feel so bad? I don't know. Your expensive psychiatrist, he doesn't know. You just feel bad. You have to learn how to lift up your feelings, to lift up your emotions. You should learn to practice every day pumping up your feelings. Ask yourself this question, and it's important. What do I feel that I should be like at certain ages? I want you to write that down. I want you to really study that. What do I feel that I should be like at certain ages? You've got to watch these feelings again. And where did you get these ideas and feelings? Where did I get these ideas and feelings about what I should be like at various ages? And again, I want to warn you that just certain things you shouldn't always be saying and telling people. You keep telling people, I am 35. And you keep on going, I am 60. I am 65. And then people project all these things onto you. Just like when people say to me, what sign are you? For God's sake, don't ever tell that. <laughs> you see, that's why I told you, you know, people say, well, Reverend Ike, don't tell me I thought up all these negative things on myself. I didn't think this. I didn't think up this rheumatism. No, the world mind already have these cut and dry negative thoughts ready for you. You see, if you're a Libra, you know, you've got it all cut out for you. <laughs> you don't have to think that up. If you under so-called under the sign, if you mentally put yourself under the sign of Libra, it's all fixed for you. And people say to me, Reverend Ike, what's your sign? I say, the dollar sign. <laughs> in the world mind, in the body of world thought, there are already certain definitions ready-made for you before you got here. And this is the meaning of the scripture, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. means that you were born into a world of negative ideas and you permitted these negative ideas to shape your destiny. But do not permit your feelings about yourself to be determined by world thought. Lift up the serpent. Lift up your feeling nature. Don't go through life crawling upon your belly. And I may say that many more times in the next few minutes before this is over because it's very important. A lot of people may poke fun at this technique of pumping up one's feelings by saying, I feel good. The real intellectual people ask it all the time. Well, Reverend, how can I say I don't feel good if I don't feel good? Yes, that is really the time you ought to say I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. Before I thought of this as a technique, I remember one morning in South Carolina, I just woke up and for some reason, you know, just a blue mood. 
phonograph was right beside the bed, and I had a good shouting gospel record there. And I slapped it on the turntable and turned it up and just made one leap out of bed and started dancing. <laughs> and that was a technique that did the trick. You can turn on the radio early in the morning, hear all of these wonderful speakers giving you a charge to begin your day. God bless all of those wonderful ministers and programs. You know, whatever turns you on, find something that turns you on that doesn't hurt you and doesn't hurt anybody else. And let that be your technique for pumping up your feelings. Find somebody that turns you on. I think that each person in any kind of relationship should be benefited, should be blessed. I think that there should be a great giving and receiving in every relationship. And don't hang around too long with these people who are always pulling your charge and not giving you a charge back. All right. Some of these things may sound strange, and the purely intellectual may poke fun at some of these homespun techniques. But this practice of pumping up feelings has made many men successful and rich and prosperous and will do the same for you. I use the terminology here, the trick. And here is the trick. Whatever you feel about yourself deep within your heart, your subconscious mind, you can and will be do and have. Feeling is the trick. But be sure that you never use your mind power to think, wish, or feel evil toward yourself or another. Because your ill feelings toward another will get you first. You have to be careful how you relate to your feelings. Another thing, and let me ask you this. Do you rule your feelings or do your feelings rule you? Don't answer out loudly. Write it in the first person. Do I rule my feelings or do my feelings rule me? That's a good point where I can make a pitch for Reverend Ike's sermon. Tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your mind what to think. Tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your body how to react. Do I rule my feelings or do my feelings rule me? Do you just sit down and accept whatever feeling that comes along to you? If you are, you're in trouble. Decide how you want to feel. Decide what you want to feel. And manipulate your feelings in that way. Spend time with people who are of a happy disposition. If there's some sad sacks in your life, try to cheer them up. If they won't let you cheer them up, leave them alone. The old saying is, misery loves company. And you know, those people who are always feeling bad, they'll even feel worse if you won't feel bad with them. You don't love me because you won't feel bad with me. It has been correctly said, if you feel right about yourself, you can do anything. Let me give you this early morning question. How do I feel about myself today? More than that, let's make it an instant question. How do I feel about myself right now? Let's say that loudly. How do I feel about myself right now? Underline feel. How do I feel about myself? Don't answer out loudly. This is to be handled in the councils of your own mind. 
And as a matter of fact, I think you should ask yourself that question several times a day. How do I feel about myself right now? Because the results that you will achieve are in your present attitude, in your present feeling, in your present disposition. The results that you will achieve in life are just as certain as your feeling about yourself. That's why we call this science. Because it is a knowing, as I said last week, we are not dealing here with blind faith or dumb luck. This is science. This is why it has been called by various names such as science of mind, or mind science, or science of living, or science of self-awareness. Because if you know how you feel about yourself, you also know the results that you're going to achieve. If you want to know your fate, if you want to know your future, your fate, your future are just as certain as your feeling about yourself. Your basic gut feeling about yourself. Now let's get low with this. And right for cross-examining yourself. What is my gut? feeling about myself. Ask yourself the question, what is my gut feeling about myself? You know, on the intellectual level there on the top of your head, many little feelings may come and go. Maybe they're questions. Maybe they're doubts. Maybe you don't particularly know the specifics of how, when, or where something is going to work out. Well, that's not all that important. But the most important thing is the question. What is my gut feeling about myself? As businessmen sometimes say, what is my gut level feeling about myself? And I like to be verbose about this and repetitious. And so we're going to say it again, adding that word. What is my gut level feeling about myself? Come on. What is my gut level feeling about myself? You know, maybe something didn't happen quite like I thought it should have happened objectively. But be that as it may, that really isn't so important. For the most important thing in my life is my gut level feeling about myself. You know, way down deep, below the intellect, below the reasoning mind, below the belt, to use boxing terms. And that's something really to think about. And if I can find some techniques for establishing positive gut-level feelings about myself, my positive gut-level feeling about myself will really take care of all of the details. You see, because on the level of the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind here again works by feeling, like all of these affirmations that we say. You know, affirmation is one of the techniques that we use here in mind science. But when that affirmation gets to the subconscious, it is translated as feeling to the subconscious. And so all that we're doing here, all of the techniques that we're using here, are geared toward one thing, and that is toward manipulating our gut-level feeling about ourselves. I'm sensing here a wonderful silence. Because I think that you are asking yourselves this question. 
And you know it's a wonderful work that you're going to have to do, even when you get alone. In here, down here, what do I feel? If on this gut level I feel I'm all right, I'm going to make it. I'll make it on this gut level of feeling. If I feel that I'm being led in ways of success and prosperity, I'll be led in ways of success and prosperity. There may be some uncertainty many times on the intellectual level, but keep that gut level feeling positive. This is, again, what the scripture, that great book of mind science means when it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Too many times we just stay in the intellect all the time. I, <laughs> I taught the church in New York once to say, God is the answer. A school teacher, very intellectual man in the congregation, wrote me a beautiful note. He said, Reverend Ike, I know that God is the answer, but when? <laughs> That's the intellect. But if down here on the gut level of my feelings, I accept the idea and I accept the confidence that God in me is my answer right now. And I feel that with all my heart. Uh, perhaps I use sometimes some of the other words. God in me is my everything and I don't have to worry about anything. If I feel that on the gut level, the details of the when, where, and how will take care of themselves. Because, you see, this is another thing. In the subconscious, it's always now. In the subconscious, there is no past, present, or future. If you really feel something, on the subconscious level of mind, it already is. This is why the master teacher of mind science, Jesus, taught us. When you pray for something, believe that you already have it and you'll have it. If you want something, establish a gut-level feeling that you already have it. You see, that's deeper than the intellect. And don't let the intellect trip you up. You see, the intellect is right in its place. And perhaps, again, we will publish those charts that we used in the last session to show you the work which the different departments of mind do. You see, the intellect is the choosing level of mind. It's not evil. But its office is to choose, to select. You see, intellectually with the reasoning mind, I decide I want to be rich. I decide I want to have more money. I decide I want to be healthy, happy, successful, and prosperous. All right, I've chosen that. And I must not stay on the level of the intellect with that. I must establish a feeling of health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money at the gut level of my feelings. That's the technique that will do the trick. And even many times it's good to suspend the intellect and don't let it ask too many questions. Or it will kill your high aspirations by asking you how. What? Go to the gut level. And... Feel it there. The master person never lets his feelings control him. He uses his mind power to control his feelings. 
practice giving orders to your mind and feelings. They will learn to obey you. You know, before you go to bed, before you go to sleep at night, and it, this is very important, it's very important to program your feelings and your thoughts before going to sleep at night. Be sure you go to sleep in the right attitude while you're asleep. The things that you have programmed for will be working out. Go to sleep feeling right about yourself. Don't ever go to sleep unless you feel right about yourself, unless you feel right with yourself and with everybody else. And if there was somebody that you had some misunderstanding toward, you can settle that right there by thinking love and understanding, by forgiving yourself and forgiving the other person. One of the most dangerous things that you can do is to drift off into sleep with negative feelings because these negative feelings go out as vibrations throughout the universe and will contact people and bring them into your life. You wonder where all these SOBs came from. So you start using this technique tonight before you go to sleep. Start out by asking yourself the question, how do I feel about myself? I think there's an exercise here in this success idea. Yes. You can use this exercise here, the prayer of affirmation in this success idea, a technique that does the trick. You can use it at night. You can use it in the morning. It tells you to say, I feel good. I feel great. I feel terrific. I feel the healing power of God Almighty flowing in my soul, mind, and body. I feel happy about myself. I feel loved. I feel loving. I feel successful. I feel prosperous. I am full of the money feeling. And as Reverend Ike says, Fulfillment will bring fulfillment. I've never heard the word fulfillment before until I heard Reverend Ike say it. But whatever you want in life, get full of the feeling of already having it. And the subconscious mind will work out its own ways and means and lead you into being, doing, and having the good which you desire. All right. Let's get in a relaxed mood. Just change position. Stretch if you want to. This will take perhaps five minutes, but it's worth your time. Let's get to gut level. And close your eyes. Tilt your chin upward. Repeat this after me. Right here and right now. I go down to gut level. Way down where I feel in the secret place of my being where only I really know how I feel, where only I really know how I believe. It doesn't matter what has happened. It doesn't matter what's happening around me. It only matters what I make happen here at gut level. 